1: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the armchair book and wrestling podcast. I'm your host. My name is Steve Barber and joining me as always is my fantastic co-host Waylon Davis. Hey everybody. And we are so just over the moon about our special guest today. We have none other than Wildcat Chris Harris. How are you, sir? Doing great. Uh, It's good to see you guys. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. I mean, believe me, the pleasure's on this side, you know. um, Absolutely. Yep. So, yeah. So thank you so much for coming on um yeah so how have you been i'm doing great man uh just doing the thing yeah just rocking and rolling and wrestling yeah so yeah and i know you've been a busy man lately because i mean i um we we're talking before we started recording i mean I, i've actually seen you quite a few of the nwf nwf events uh it's just i haven't wanted to um i didn't want to interrupt you while you were working if that makes any sense okay I Appreciate it. You know, so, yep so and I appreciate, you know, yeah, you don't want somebody, you know, hey, what, you know, you're trying to focus on somebody's <laughs> wrestling. And all of a sudden somebody, hey, hey, hey how you doing, huh? <laughs> you know, <so laughs> don't want to throw anybody's focus off. So uh, in case anybody, you know, wondered, uh, Chris Harris, he is right now, uh, I would say you're kind of an executive now at the Northern Wrestling Federation, more or less, aren't you?
0: A little bit, yeah. I don't know yeah. if we have an official term, but I'm definitely a, a representative of the NWF.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, last couple of events. I mean, you said you've been suited up and I'm like, oh, OK, he's he's laying the law down. I like that. We need and some kind
0: of authority figure around here. We do.
1: <laughs> I mean, because you got some crazies in there. But Adam Swayze, yeah. somebody needs to take care of him.
0: Oh, yeah. I had, uh, <laughs> I had to keep knock him a notch down. But uh, then he came right back and uh, got himself the the, the title. So um, so I guess he thinks he's calling the shots now.
1: Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but uh but you actually started out your career in the in the in the, uh, in the NWF, or, or at least you were trained by Roger, correct?
0: Well, I started my training elsewhere, but um, within a year, I was with the NWF. Yeah, it was real early on. Like I started with NWF back in '95.
1: Wow. Okay. Yes, because I because I saw your like your birth date because you're a Christmas baby. I saw. Yeah. Um, now you were born in Washington. That's right. How'd you end up in
0: Kentucky? <clears throat> my dad, I, well, this is where I'm from, but uh, my, my father was uh, stationed in the Navy base out, out there. Oh, Yakima? Uh,
1: no, uh, it was in Bremerton. A Bremerton? Okay. Okay. Um, oh, so you're Navy brat, yes. All right. Navy brat. Yeah. And so Fort Wright is where you claim? Yep. Okay. Um, you know, so... How did you find out about uh, like a wrestling school before Bone Crushers? Because I mean it would kind of make sense to know about Bone Crushers first, but but you said you were elsewhere.
0: Yeah, I really didn't know anything about Bone Crushers. I um I just did some research at some uh excuse me. Well, well-established schools and uh, and I got hooked into um um there was one a while back that was really um um it was probably one of the more famous ones it's called the monster factory okay Larry and, Sharp. Um, yeah larry sharp was uh, one of the, the head guys there and they kind of split into three branches uh, larry took care of one another one was run by charlie fulton and uh and so i went to a school from him uh up in uh uh marion ohio um, so it was a few hours away, uh, but I knew it was very credible. So, um, and, and that's what I wanted. That's where I was looking to go. Um, so I, I searched that out, um, went up there, got some information, saved up for about a year, and uh, and I was back up there. So I was one of those guys. You know, a lot of these guys drive ten minutes from their house for training. Uh, I was driving three and a half hours every oh, wow. week hmm. um, up there getting getting the hell beat out of me for about three hours and then driving three hours back and then back up for, for regular work the next day. So it was quite a commitment. Um, but it was something I believed in. And, um, I was willing to go to all costs to, to
1: make it. Uh, so who were some of your influences and favorite wrestlers when you were growing up?
0: Well, I was a fan growing up. I was, I was the guy that loved, uh, macho man, Randy Savage, uh, he was just the he was the big superhero to me. Um when you when you look at these guys you know as, as someone else. But as I the more I got into the business, um I started really studying guys like Bret Hart, um just because I appreciated more on the, the actual work of it. And um so I I took a lot of I took a lot of my my moves from from Savage, from Brett, um amongst others as well. So um but yeah i was i was a big fan growing up so a lot of those those guys you know they were just uh they were larger than life man i mean it was just it was such a big deal to,
1: to see these guys wow um and <clears throat> all the research i was showing said you actually were in wcw uh in 2000 when yes, that's right. and so yep. you were you were with them when they closed then yes i was um you know the for all
0: these years, you're trying to make it in the business, you know, it's a, uh, you got the big two, you got WWF and you got WCW and, um, just to make it to one of those big two. I mean, that was, that was the dream. And, um, towards the end of 99, uh, beginning of 2000, I uh, started to have connections with them and they started bringing us in. They were doing a, a m- majority of our roles were security roles. Uh, but we were also getting, uh, some, some matches, as well on their uh, WCW Saturday night program. And then they had Sunday, their Sunday program was uh, worldwide. And so we were getting our matches and getting some experience doing that. And I think under normal circumstances, it would have been a good foot in the door to try to establish yourself in there. But um, yeah, the year 2000, I mean, that was the last year they were in business. So I'm sure there was a lot of turmoil in the back um i didn't see a lot of it but um yeah it was just um you know we hear stories about how much of a mess it was mm-hmm. and so it was just going downhill from there and um you know then come 2001 just uh, something you would never expect you know the, the one of the big two go out of business so it was just uh, i couldn't believe it
1: yeah i was in shock too when that happened um uh, how about you dwell
2: oh yeah i figured uh i always figured eric bischoff would figure out a way to buy it but then once, uh, once AOL, you know, when they merged with Turner and pulled the TV deal, then that was kind of it. Cause without t- like Eric Bischoff has always said without TV, then the company wasn't worth anything. Yeah.
0: You have nothing. If you don't yeah. you, you need, you TV, don't... especially a Turner broadcast.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, uh, but what I was also reading, you're one of the original TNA members.
0: Yeah. I was their first day.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean now and now that, company, that company's been around now for what 20 years. Twenty years. On
0: to, yeah, 20
1: years. Yeah, same. Very yeah. exciting.
0: I'm uh yeah. I can't wait to see what they do for the 20 year uh coming up in hopefully in June.
1: Uh, will you be able to go to that or
0: uh, if they have something, I'm invited. I'd love to be there.
1: I, I mean that's they, a that's a
0: that's a pretty big
1: deal. I would I would definitely think you'd be invited because I mean one of the inaugural members and plus you and James Storm, uh just award winning title winning. I mean, y'all basically y'all were the tag team division. I mean, for a while there.
2: Yeah. I mean, y'all you 2 built pretty much built that tag team division from the ground up. I mean, with y'all, without y'all, there wouldn't have been. I don't believe there w- would have been a stellar tag team division in TNA like it was.
0: Yeah, they put some key emphasis on uh, obviously the big names uh, for the the I guess the, the main title, um, they were really big in uh, presenting the X division, uh, but they needed a strong tag team division as well. And, um, you know, once Storm and I were put together, you know, we wanted to we wanted to make as much of an impact as we could. So, um, yeah, we went out there night after night and just did everything we could to tear the house down and, and get people interested mm-hmm. and caring in tag team matches again.
2: Where did the um, where the idea for the American most um, America's most wanted concept where did that come from?
0: Well, there was a lot of uh, moving parts at the time. Uh, obviously, they needed some big names to carry the company. Um, they were looking to to establish some homegrown stars, um, and I, I guess early, in the early days, um, Storm and I were both contacted uh, to be part of the first. First event, and I, um, we were very comfortable that they they knew they wanted to have they wanted us to be part of the company. Um, I just don't think they knew exactly at the time what to do with us uh, because there was just so much going on, and and you're trying to put everybody in the the right places. Um, so I think it was just one of those um, one of those situations where they knew they wanted to do something with us. They didn't know what, so let's put them together and uh, see what happens with that. And, you know, we were both, you know, we had both previously been singles wrestlers, um, you know, in the like the Indies and things like that. So, uh, mm-hmm. uh, but when they came up with that idea, we just said, hey, if this is the opportunity they're going to give us, um, let's just, let's just run with it and be the best tag team we can.
1: Uh, and I'd say, I'd, I think it worked out pretty well considering. Yeah. My, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the TNA tag team of the year in 2003 and four and the pro wrestling illustrated tag team of the year for 2004. And for me growing up, um, I I started watching wrestling when I was about 10 and Dwayne said, you said you started watching when you're about five. Mm -hmm. Um, So the after mags, I mean, they were a big part of my life. I mean, I could have told you like every part of the month, which one was going to be out, you know, between, you know, like Pro Wrestling illustrated the wrestler inside of wrestling sports review, wrestling, and all of them. And so the awards issue was always the one I looked forward to. Um, well, one of the two, when they started doing the PWI 500, and I started looking forward to that right. one. Too. But when you won tag, you know, I said you won tag team of the year for PWI. I'm like, oh, oh that's that's it right there, you know, for me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and Yeah, that's uh, a big deal for me too, man. I mean, I was one of those kids that, uh, you know, going to the grocery store, you always want to run to the yeah. magazine. Yeah. magazine yeah. Phones, yeah. start start looking at what's going on. You know, we didn't have the social media back then. So no. you try to find out everything you could that's going on and so yeah when i started seeing my name pop, name and pictures pop up in magazines that that meant a lot to me and then yeah to get to to be awarded tag team of the year um I, that was that was huge man so yeah, we we took that was a a big accomplish, accomplishment for us
1: now did they just call you and tell you or or how did you find out about that or did you just happen to read the magazine and went oh okay Man, just it's been so
0: long. I don't even remember.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: I don't. I don't think we would have got a phone call. Um, uh, it it may have just been kind of talked about, and they 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 just do their research, and and uh, I think they just probably put it out. So I I wasn't. I don't remember getting any kind of info for it. Um, it probably just happened, and we reacted to it. Oh, did they
1: ever give you the plaque?
0: Yeah, we got the plaque.
1: Oh, yeah, nice. And that same year, you were number 44 on the PWI 500. So it's like, okay, we have a great tag team wrestler and a great singles wrestler.
0: Yeah, that was around the same time. um, I think there was a period in there where Storm got hurt, and so they started letting me do some singles. So I think that really helped um, elevate me um, that year in the rankings uh, because I I did a lot of singles singles. Um, singles matches that year, um, while Storm was on the shelf, and um, yeah, that really really helped out. So that was a that was really high ranking for me. I mean, I, you know, like I like we were talking about. I mean, five, the PWI 500 was a big deal. Some guys just just want to be mentioned in something like that. So um, to be ranked number 44, you said, yeah, uh, yeah that's yeah. really big deal.
2: If I remember right, uh, didn't you wrestle that year when you were doing singles? Um didn't you wrestle Jeff Jarrett for the title?
0: Yeah. Yeah, they had uh I mean I was I was with all the top contenders at the time and um they were obviously establishing AJ, uh but Raven was still around. Um mm-hmm. uh, Ron Killings was was around. Uh and yeah, they I did a whole whole run with Jeff there for a while. So um that really helped um establish me and um, I think the whole the whole story itself was really good because people bought me as a as a legit contender yeah. for
1: Jeff, yep. and not only that, but you got uh, you got your own action figure. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's when yeah. you says
0: you so it says you made
2: it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yep. And also, um, I had the autograph picture. Now I actually won this uh, from the Jay and Trey podcast.
3: Okay. Um,
1: yep, and because. They, they had a trivia question of what year you were in the WWE. And I immediately went on there and I answered it. And then they they had to, um, you know, with, with all the other people who answered it correctly, they ended up drawing my name basically out of a hat. And so they they brought it to me at the uh, at the Rumble down in Covington. Okay, cool. <laughs> you know, and, and that was the same day that I bought the, I just happened to run into it in the storehouse of plastic. You know, I was telling your wife about that, you know, where I got it. Um, the very same day that morning. I had nothing that after, you know, by the time that evening ended, I had two things with your autograph. <laughs>
0: it was wildcat day. Yeah, <laughs> it, it,
1: it really was. <laughs> so, uh, so where did the name, uh, the nickname wildcat come from? I think, I think, are you a Kentucky fan?
0: You know, it's crazy, you know, being from Kentucky, um, you would think that it, that's it all revolves around that, but no, I'm, I'm really not much of a basketball fan at all. So, uh, it's, it's crazy to think that I just, um, I was coming up with some different names when I first started. And um, one of the names that kind of stuck was wild man. And uh, my first few matches um, that's what they uh, billed me as. And somehow uh, as I started wrestling in Kentucky and started wrestling for NWF, um, it just kind of, kind of snowballed into a wildcat thing. So maybe, uh, you know, I think maybe it, it transformed into that because of uh, Kentucky wildcats maybe, but. Um it was never that was never my intention, but it just stuck and um it kind of fit. So hey, I, I ran with it and it's been with me ever since.
1: Hey Dwayne, I think we met one of the few people from Kentucky who actually doesn't really keep up with basketball. <laughs> yeah, I know. Just <laughs> um, like I'm
2: I'm one of the few people because I'm from I'm from Kentucky. I live in uh West Paducah and um uh, I'm not a UK fan. I am a Tar Hills fan.
1: Okay.
0: And people
2: yep. always look at me, you're from Kentucky and don't like the UK? No, I do
1: not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's like Commonwealth laws against that, but. <laughs> so, um, oh, my and,
0: family's big into it. Oh,
1: and and I actually, uh, Dwayne and I, we actually met in high school down in Hopkinsville when I moved there. You know, so yeah, we're, we're graduates of uh, Christian County, 1991. Yep. So, I've wrestled in Hopkinsville. Really?
0: Yeah. Oh, uh, where at? Like I couldn't community. even tell you, but I just I remember that Prob- that, that town
2: probably the probably a, probably I was thinking probably at the armory,
0: probably an armory or maybe if it's a if there's a big school uh, maybe maybe it could have been out of school maybe I don't
1: know oh maybe the convention center Dwelling there at the fairgrounds could have been they, yeah because that's true. they used to have Lawler's uh or Lawler Jarrett they their couple used to come up there occasionally and wrestle. Yeah. Do they wait, have
0: wait. Uh, fairs there every year?
1: Western Kentucky mm-hmm. State Fair. Yep.
0: Yep. Um yeah there there was a building right if, if i'm thinking of it correct i'm not sure but there was a building right by the fair yep um I mean, yep, that's that yeah that's probably it and uh and we would wrestle there because i remember after that we'd kind of go hang out at the fair afterwards so
1: yep Yep. that's it that was but, it Yep. yeah during the summertime right yeah yeah yep <laughs> <laughs> and it was blazing hot outside oh too. yeah sure <laughs> <laughs> so uh but anyway back to other things besides Hoptown. town um and I say you were also the wrestling observer tag team of the year. And to me, that's also kind of a big deal because that's, you know, uh, Meltzer. You know, that's you know. Meltzer, yeah. Yeah. So um getting all all kinds of accolades. I mean, and I I think that I think that speaks volumes. I mean, about yeah. your ability and, you know, and how what the fans and your peers think of you.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's it was a it's a big thrill. I mean, you know, when we talk about the the magazines and then um uh, uh with, um,
1: who'd you just say? Uh, Meltzer. Meltzer. And, yeah. The Wrestling observer.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, that was, that's always been a big deal in the business. So, um, you know, to be credited, uh, for that, um, yeah, I mean, just, a uh, some huge honors, um, really.
2: I know you wrestled. Um, I know AMW had a huge feud with, um, Christopher Daniels and Elix Skipper. Uh, y'all had some great tag team matches, but that match at Turning Point 2004, the the cage match where it was like, was it tag title versus the team? Like y'all had to split up if, right. if yep. you lost. I know you took that Elix Skipper Rana from the top of the cage. <laughs> Ooh. How did that, you know, whose idea was that? And how, what was that like taking that move from the top of the cage? Because I mean- I can only imagine taking it from the top rope, but taking it from the very top of the cage.
0: Yeah, I, I mean that was all Elix. Um, that was all his idea, and uh, you know we were trying to. You know a lot of people forget um, of our first tag, our first cage match uh, during during the um, uh, probably 03. Uh, and then this one was 04. So we had a we had a pretty incredible cage match with those guys in 03. and then this was the rematch. Was that during uh, then,
2: the asylum days?
0: Right. Yeah. And, uh, that was a, such, such a great match. And then for this rematch, um, there was a part of us that we, we kind of knew that we weren't going to top it. Um, but we just wanted to go out there and just, you know, some fresh ideas and, and do our best. I mean, I, all in all, we wound up topping it because that's what, that's the one people remember, but, um, yeah I mean it was just uh you know a lot of uh, we were talking about the accolades be- before um, you know, part of the reason we were like that is because of the teams we worked with. I mean we worked with some amazing teams and uh and daniels and and skipper they they were two of the best um but yeah, that day elix you know had this idea and, and, and what a lot of people forget is they uh elix this was kind of one of his moves that he did from the top rope a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would walk the top rope and and perform a hurricane rana um into the ring and he had this idea about walking the cage and doing it and i re- can remember uh i don't know a, a two three times maybe him bringing it up to me and it was just such a risky move such a dangerous move that um you know right away i i was kind of like no let's let's not let's not go there <laughs> <Yeah>. um <laughs> And, you know, he, he would ask me again later on and, uh, same thing. We just, let's, I don't think we need it. And, um, it got to the point where, um, he had me thinking about it and the more I thought about it, you know, I, I was just thinking how, how the risk factor is definitely there, but yeah, if, if, if we could pull this off, uh, how amazing that would be. And, uh, so, yeah, a little bit later in that day, I, I actually I, I went up to him myself and um, I said, Elix, I said, can you really do this? Can you really pull this off? And without hesitation, he said, I, yes, I can do it. And I think the confidence that he was showing me uh, really made a difference to me because, you know, he had he had no uh, weariness about it at all. I mean, he was mm-hmm. he, the, the man was so confident. And when he said that, I was like, OK, let's do it. And that's not something you – no, there's, no. No, there's no dry run on that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's that's, no practice. Yeah. That, yeah it's that's, uh, that's it's like can... he, he says he can do it. I say, okay, I'll get up there, and here we go. And uh, and people still talk about it today, man. So it's, yeah. it's
2: amazing. I, I, I can't count how many times I've watched that clip. and I watched it earlier today, and I was just – I'm still, after all this time, amazed. Not only him being able to do it, but, you know – you taking that bump from that, you know, from that high up? It's like that was just man. Yeah, Elix
0: always gets all the credit for that. <laughs> no, it's like you <laughs> know, <laughs> both of y'all forget deserve the, the How
2: credit. long the way that do, is down? Yeah,
1: now, but how, that that was how, amazing. How high was that cage?
0: Uh I'm gonna say I don't know. Maybe close to fifteen. Maybe I don't know. I think that's what uh, it was. A, it was definitely a higher one than than most cage yeah. matches are.
2: Yeah, I think Mike today said on commentary it was. I think he said either fifteen or sixteen. Yeah,
0: because so. uh, the the way you can you can judge it is uh, most cage matches. If you're st- standing on the top rope, you can you can reach the top of the. You know you can. Yeah. Sometimes okay. you can see see over the top rope or see over the cage. Um, this particular cage that TNA used in the days, I mean, you, you had to reach to to get to the top. So. Um, yeah, they were it tall. Was, it was it was much higher.
1: man. And all, all I'm thinking of, honestly is like Kurt Angle doing the the moonsault off the top of a cage. Yeah. Um did he ever do that there? Do you know of? In, or in uh, TNA? In yeah. TNA, yeah. Oh yeah, he, yeah. okay. <laughs>
2: yeah. Um, oh yeah.
0: And it, even then, i no knowing, knowing from experience, I thought to myself, you know, this guy's crazy for coming down. And you know, especially if you miss it.
2: I mean, it's just it's uh, it's such impact on your knees and yeah, uh, and he usually m- he usually missed it. Usually his opponent got out of the way, yeah. and he's just <laughs> yeah. he's just hitting flat. And I'm like, oh,
1: that's got yeah. Be. I don't
0: know about that.
1: <laughs> mm. So, are cage matches some of your favorite gimmick matches?
0: Actually, yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm old school, so I, I like the old school gimmick matches and uh, the cage matches. I I just loved them. Um, I I loved working working in them um i just think it it adds to their creativity um and i, I always loved the story that it built i mean because it, the cage matches was the ultimate it, it was a uh, you know the the ending of a long standing feud to keep interference from getting in and keeping the guys from getting out so um i just all around love cage matches they were done so well um they were they were um built up so well uh, so, it was exciting. So, yeah, coming from that, uh, growing up like that, um, I, I loved uh, having a program in a cage match.
1: Yeah, because I remember some of the older, uh, well, old, you know, from like the mid-Atlantic days, because that's what I grew up watching for the most part. And they had like the, of course, T.A. and Tully, you know, the oh, I quit yeah. matching the cage and – um you know, Flair and just about everybody in a cage. Cause Flair won his first, you know, way well, he won the title from Harley race in the cage at Starcade. And yes, yeah, so I've always dug a good cage match too. I've just, obviously I've never been in one, but um, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, I would think that, that if you did have your face rubbed along the, the fence there it probably wouldn't feel too good.
0: No, it, uh, the, the cage will definitely rip, rip some skin.
1: Uh, so um, one cage match that you had and probably maybe not one of your highlights but the blindfold cage match with you and Storm.
0: Oh, yeah. How did, oh, how, that did, <laughs>
1: how did that come about? Uh well,
0: like what I was just saying, I mean, uh, story-wise, it um it, it fit. Um, you know, people just look at that that night and um how it how it turned out, um, and that's kind of why it's looked down on so much. Um, the match itself really wasn't Uh, it wasn't a bad match considering it was a blindfold match, but uh, it was just the story. And now um, this also is on the pay-per-view of lockdown, which every match is like that. So that kind of takes away from the, from the impact of a, of a cage match, but um, they wanted to put storm and I in there. The um, this was after uh, the whole, the whole angle with uh, the beer bottle and, and, and uh, blinding my eye and um so story wise it really made a lot of sense to to be in a blindfold match. Um problem is it's just this this day and time people just didn't want to see Storm and I in there in a gimmick match. They wanted to see us beat the hell out of each other.
2: And yeah, they, they wanted more of a street fight or something than Yeah,
0: which you know we wound up following up with the Texas death match but mm-hmm. um but yeah for that first time you know for Storm and I to get our hands on each other first in uh, a blindfold match the people just weren't having it and, um, and they let us know it. So um, yeah, like I said, it's, I don't look at it as a bad match, but it was just maybe badly booked um, to where, you know, maybe it just wasn't right for the times. I don't know. It was just a learning experience, but, um, but, you know, wrestling one-on-one, that's where, that's where it would take us. Um, You know, you blind one guy, you know, you go into a a blindfold match, but yeah. um, People just didn't want to see it at that time.
2: That Texas death match was brutal, though. I remember watching that one. That was, I mean, you yeah, we,
0: we we definitely made up for it in that one.
2: <laughs> I was going to say y'all put everything out there in that one.
0: I think we were trying to, you know, obviously we wanted to, to give people the 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 payoff that they wanted, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, we we had some making up to do as well. I mean, that's that's what the people wanted, and that's what we gave them.
1: Yeah, because I think anytime you have a tag team, especially a tag team as hot as what y'all were and then you split them up and put them against each other. I mean, I think that just kind of adds to the intrigue. It makes people really want to watch it.
0: Yeah. When you have, uh, again, back in the, back in that time, uh, you know, the, the reason American's most want to work so well is because there wasn't um, a lot of mainstay tag teams at the time. And so with that on, on top of it, it, um, you know, a lot of guys they they'd get together, they'd put them together, and then within six months, they've had a title run. They've been split up and feuded, and it was just uh, so overdone. Uh, mm-hmm. With us, we had a good you know five years in there as a team uh, to to build on that and to where people cared, and uh, we had a babyface run, we had our heel run. You know, it was just we did everything that they were not seeing in tag teams at the time. So um, when it was when it come time for us to you know, for, for us to split up, um, that's what we, we wanted to give them a intense view to what they wanted to see. They wanted to see us, uh,
1: draw blood. Uh, so, uh, which do you prefer face or heel? You know, I've been asked that a lot. Um,
0: <laughs> I think, uh, for me personally, it was always, um, uh, I think I was always a better baby face. Um, it just seemed to always go with the flow of, um, where i was or my opponent or or anything like that but uh, i'll tell you that heel run for america's most wanted i think it was it was it was much needed um it gave us a whole new life and we certainly had fun with it i mean it's you 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 will hardly find anyone uh, anyone that steps in the ring to say they don't have more fun being a heel um yeah i, I may have been a better babyface, but it's definitely more fun to be a heel
2: Wow. so you you and storm won six tag team titles right right and then you and skipper won we won, won. one yeah
0: yep
1: and what i was reading not just in tna either you also were, went down to puerto rico and won the wwc tag t- titles
2: yeah
0: yeah we were uh we made a few trips down to puerto rico and uh uh, mexico um we were up in canada we, yeah we've uh, we were traveling a lot for the for even even during those days of those early days of t n a
1: wow uh so what all countries have you been to besides mexico uh, and canada and and puerto rico
0: um really that's for me that's it i know storms have been a lot more um but during those early those days we weren't doing a lot of overseas um it was just kind of the north america uh area um But I I know that it was, I think it was right after I left um, that they started doing some
1: overseas tours. So um, it was just on the verge. Yeah. So, um, you know, you're talking about tag teams and like really establishing the the teams that are together for a while. And then all of a sudden they split up. Um, The Hollywood Blondes, you know, I'm going to go bring up, you know, the NWF now. Um, When they split, I'm like, oh, that's going to be a great feud because they were such a good team. You know, when they were together and they were together for f- five years, you know, maybe.
0: I I don't know um, if it's been that long,
1: but it's it was a long time. It was a while. And then when um when I saw them split at uh the summer sizzler and you know, Rex wouldn't lay down for, for Swayze, I'm like, Oh, this is gonna be good. This is gonna be a great feud, and it has been.
0: Yeah. It's definitely gotten a lot of people's attention, and and it's one of those stories where, um, yeah. W- w- while you might think, okay, they'll eventually split up and go their own ways, you know, it's it's how um, how emotional you can get into it and how intense it can be. And uh, with something like that, where um, Swayze's trying to get Rex to lay down and he doesn't, I mean, it just it just gets the emotion out of the people where they want Rex to kick Swayze's ass. So um, yeah, it was, it was it was very well done and. And um, you know the people just 100% got behind Rex, and he became one of the most popular stars we have.
1: Oh, that I think that may be understating it. I mean, that dude every time he walks out, people are just cheering and screaming, and <laughs> you know, I oh, mean, he's a big dude.
0: He is a big guy.
1: Oh, he reminds man.
0: me. He reminds me a lot of of uh, this in his early days.
1: Whew. Yeah, yeah, Dwelling. Uh, he's one of those you can't really appreciate until you actually see him in person.
2: Oh, okay one of those yeah yeah the big um, the biggest biggest person i've ever seen in real life was um mabel from wwf yeah and that, that was the biggest human being i'd ever seen like i'm just like i'm six feet tall and i'm just looking up at him like okay hey <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, you kind of expect them to be big when you look at them
2: on TV, but
0: still
2: yeah. it's it's
1: incredible. Yeah. Um, actually the biggest person I've ever seen in person uh wasn't a wrestler, it was actually uh uh Sean Bradley. Oh basketball. yeah. Yeah. Um and that was actually when I was in Afghanistan. Uh, he actually made a visit with some retired NBA players, and I just looked and I was like, Oh my god.
2: Yeah, he's like <laughs> seven foot six. It's like something like ridiculous. that. Ridiculous.
1: And, and you remember how skinny he was in the in the NBA he wasn't skinny anymore i mean he was oh like, wow yeah i mean he was just huge uh oh man um you know so one of the things i've also just from talking to the people at the nwf you know all the, all the wrestlers and i always ask them about their training and things like that and they always mention you um as a mentor as a top trainer and they say they always want to they always want your input on what they're doing you know now when you're hearing that i mean is that uh, make you feel pretty good just knowing that how you're affecting them in a positive uh, way
0: oh it makes me feel great because at this stage of my career um that's what i want to do is try to give back and um help help share some of my experience and knowledge uh with those guys so um just as just as important as the shows are t- to myself um it's the training that's involved as well so um you know I- i'll show up at bone crushers try to help these guys out and um while they may have other guys that can put them through drills i like to school them more on the psychology and um not just how to do something i'll I'll, i will definitely help them execute uh any type of maneuver or spot but um what i really want them to know is not just how to do it but know when and where to do it Uh, make it make sense you know to when you're putting a match together um i try to help them with promos because that's part of storytelling um, you know, just anything. And then I, uh, part of training to me is, you know, getting in, in the gym. I mean, we need to look like professional athletes. And I know, you know, when you first start out, that may not be a top priority at the time. You just want to live out your dream and get in the ring. But if uh, I try to stress these guys, if they have any, any, any thing to pursue, if they're, if they're looking to go anywhere with this, then I can tell them what, what you need to do to get there. Um, so, yeah, I, I, it re- they, they go out of their way to tell me that and it really makes me feel good. And and I definitely appreciate that. And, and knowing that I'm making a difference uh, just makes me want to help them even more. I mean, what, whatever I can do for these guys, I will do.
2: Are you still, um, are you still wrestling or are you just training now?
0: Uh, no, I haven't wrestled in a while. Um, you know, I, I'm one of those guys I never say retire, uh, just because this is the wrestling business. Right. So, um, you know i i never say i i'm retired but um but no i just i prefer to stay out of the ring it just it uh it really hurts nowadays yeah, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> um you know as i got older it's just uh yeah i just don't have the desire to do that as much but um since since being back with the n w f over the past several years um it's there's a lot of fulfillment i get out of just helping these guys um you know when I see them going on to um, other promotions and other bookings and making a name for themselves and making connections and uh, getting their opportunity, whether it's with impact or AEW, you know, on, on tryout matches, things like that. I mean, I, I love seeing things like that. And, and, uh, it, it's like Roger Ruffin has said for, for years, I mean, the, the, the be- better they do um, the the better it is for the NWF. I mean, to be mm-hmm. able to say that, you know, yeah. hey, these guys came from here um, and to see them shine and go on and be superstars and um i've always said i hope they make as much money as they can in this business it's there uh we just got to reach out and grab it
1: right yeah because i'm trying to think the ones lately that have been like on aw dark um like nikki victory and and lord crew and nasty russ and uh, i think it was team money was also T-Money there money with, nasty. Was with mm-hmm. nasty, yeah yeah i mean those were um I, I was i was glad to see that you know I was like hey i know them i know them yeah. <laughs>
0: and um, yeah, I'm really, I really have a lot of high hopes for Lord crew. I've spent a lot of time with him. We're very close. And, uh, I think he's really, he's just on the verge of making, making a breakthrough there. And then, uh, yeah, most recently it was Nick, Nikki victory. Um, I think she could fit very well into the women's division. Um, she's, you know, gotten some years under her belt with experience. So, uh, I hope, I hope, uh, something happens for her too, but, uh, we got a lot of great superstars that, um, you know that they just keep working hard and uh i mean you never stop learning you never stop learning so you just keep working hard and uh and there's there's more opportunities out there now than there has been uh not just promotions but i mean there's there's a, a lot of the indie promotions um there are, are bigger than ever nowadays so um you know if you if you get your name out there and um you're willing to travel you know you can make a you can make some money on the indies
2: yeah um I know I usually don't watch like uh, A.W. Dark just because I watch so much wrestling during the week. It's like I don't really have room for one more show, except except when I find out that an N.W.F. wrestler is on there. So then I, I fit it in so I can watch them.
0: I kind of fit in there with you, man. Um, <laughs> there's, there's so much going on that I try to keep up with that um, I don't get a chance to watch everything and, mm-hmm. and Dark being one of them. But, yeah, if I find out that some of our guys are going to be on there or someone I know, um, you know, I'll, I'll make sure I tune in and check it out.
1: And Nikki Victor, I still remember the first time that I can recall actually seeing her live was in Mount Orb, and she took a spine buster from Ryan Stone. And I was like, oh, holy crap. And I was like, is she crippled? No, she managed to get up. It wasn't easy for her. But the fact that she took that, I was like, okay, she's pretty tough.
3: Yeah,
0: I've seen her take that a few times from Ryan. And it, it, it was like Ryan was trying to break her in half. So he wasn't letting up on her.
1: No, I mean, because there's a huge size difference between them. <laughs> yeah. Um, and actually, you're spine buster, you know, from just watching, um, I was watching quite a few highlights of your matches, you know, the past few days. And your spine buster is pretty nasty too.
0: Yeah, that was one of my favorite moves. Uh, I love the spine buster. You can you can catch it out of, out of nowhere, and it's very, very impactful, very devastating.
1: And I, I think know. The... Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, I was going to say, go ahead, Will. Oh,
2: okay. Um, I know you were you and Storm were the the NWA World Tag Team Champions. What was it like holding that particular set of tag team titles? Because I mean, those were belts that you know, Tully and Arn had and the Road Warriors and the Midnight Express and the you know, with that legacy, what was it like holding that title?
0: Yeah, that's exactly what I thought then. Um, you know, being uh being uh NWA related um and being able to to hang on to those titles um that's that's exactly why it meant so much because of the, the years I watched of teams you just said uh coming up and we those are the teams we studied uh, when we became a tag team, you know, we were we were studying, you know, the the Horsemen and the Midnight's Rock and Rolls, um, uh, yeah. Just I mean, the, the Road Warriors, uh, you know, amongst other WWE teams, but um, yeah, those those guys. Uh, I mean, those belts were prestigious to us. So you know, being able to win them, even just the first time, we were like, you know, hey, you know, our names are going to go down right besides these guys and, right. and then to become what we became and, and holding them six times and, um, you know, being uh, one of the longest reigning uh, tag teams there was, it was just, that's pretty powerful stuff to us, man. I mean, I, that was, that's a big deal. You know, when you go back to the lineage of,
3: <coughs> you know, it
0: wasn't yeah. just a independent promotion that you, you, you get and, and they're gone. Uh, I mean, this was the NWA Tag Team titles, you know, where the, some some badass teams have, have held.
2: Absolutely.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh um, yeah, Actually, what I was going to mention was your Spine Buster looked pretty close to the originator of the Spine Buster, you know, double-A on Anderson, uh, because you're both left-handed, so you both spin to your right.
3: You yeah.
1: Know, so that, that's that's one of the weird things that I've actually told you. Well, I noticed that when I was a lot younger. You could almost pick out who's left-handed, who's right-handed. You know, just from the direction they turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I never thought of it like that, but but no, Arn
0: was Arn was one of the guys I watched uh, for that spine buster. I thought his was executed to perfection, and uh, yeah, now that you say it, yeah, being that we're both left handed, you know, we would beer to the right. So um, so I could I could
1: pinpoint his exact exactly. Yeah, and I guess he invented the spine buster and the gourd buster, which I think is that's a. Mm-hmm. Just a that's an ugly move right there. It's like, yeah. that's going to yeah. hurt. I'm
2: surprised nobody's brought that back out because that's, you know, that's a pretty high impact move.
1: Yeah. You know what? I could see somebody in NWF doing that move because it, it does need to be brought back, honestly. <laughs> uh, so I'm too old for that. <laughs> well, we weren't saying that you need to be the one to take it first. <laughs> um, oh, I had a question on top of my head. It didn't lost me. Go ahead, Dwayne. I'm pretty sure you have something. Um,
2: Yeah, I did till you asked me. Um, <laughs> but um I'm trying to think. Where else have you won? I know you said you won titles in Puerto Rico, of course, in TNA. Uh, is there anywhere else that you've won championships?
0: Oh, there's been many, uh, many indie promotions that, that w- I've won titles. Um, whether it was, um, you know, my – singles you know winning promotions top prize or um when uh storm and i were traveling a lot you know we'd go to a lot of different places and um they would immediately put us in running for their tag team titles and uh, many times we had a run with that um our most recent uh let's see i want to say this was maybe 17 or 18 um it actually, you know, you were asking about it before. the 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 place I started training um, up in Ohio, uh, we did an event in Mansfield, Ohio. That was a promotion called the ASWA, and uh, they decided to bring Storm in. He was he was still pretty active. And uh, they put us in a tag team title match with, with their, their champions. And Storm and I wound up winning that title. Awesome. Um, during days where I thought my titles were long past. But, um, yeah, we wound up uh, winning that. So, I mean, it was just as, just as few as, the, you know, a few years ago um, we were still winning titles. So, um, you know, that's, it's, it's always a big deal because um, while some promotions may not have the TV exposure – you know, they still have their loyal fans. So those right. titles still mean something to somebody. So right, um, it, it's still a big deal. And we we take pride in that.
1: And something else that I've not even mentioned yet, you're an NWF Hall of Famer.
2: Yeah, that is yep, amazing, definitely. huh?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I to me, I mean, just seeing, you know, the company you're with there, you know, you're talking like a Bess and you're talking Tiny Tim. I mean, that's some pretty good company right there.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it was uh, just 2020. Um, they put me in and, uh, you know, that's a huge accomplishment for me, you know, being that, you know, uh, NWF is where I started and I have a long history there. So it was um, I felt it was very fitting and um, and a, a, a great spot to be. And uh, I'm proud to be a Hall of Famer in there and uh, as well as all the guys. But um, yeah, pretty big deal. And I, I, NWF is in my blood. So um, I'm very excited about that
1: uh and uh do you have any more questions because i got a couple more but
2: i want to make sure you get uh no go ahead i've got i think i've asked everything i wanted to ask
1: okay um next question and these are actually non-wrestling questions but and we don't get to ask everybody this one but since you're from the cincinnati area gold star skyline
0: skyline (laughs) well you know it
1: has been unanimous so far yeah it
0: really has yeah i've always been a skyline guy (laughs)
2: <laughs>
1: yeah I, I want to say ella was like what are you kidding me skyline <laughs> and, and apparently they have it like every sunday i was like oh so she's a she's a loyal fan of skyline
2: <laughs>
0: oh yeah that's uh you, you definitely i when i uh when i was doing so much traveling uh, even though i was living here i did so much traveling and uh you know you just you 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 take for granted the things that are around a lot but uh um, so when we would come back from tv or Whatever events we were doing, uh, Abyss and I were, were almost always together. And uh, anytime we came in town, right from the airport, we'd meet a group of guys at Skyline, and that was the before we even went home. We wound up uh, going to Skyline to have lunch, just a little powwow with everybody. But that was that was our thing, what we did, and so um, you know, <laughs> it just became part of our schedule.
1: <laughs> yeah, because I mean, I got to admit, just not being from here originally you know and my wife of course they grew up they like gold star better but then i had skyline i'm like i think i like this one a little <laughs> bit better than than that one but then they turned me on to Frisch's with the whole tartar sauce thing which i didn't think yeah. i would like but i was like yeah, that's pretty good but it's got to be Frish's tartar sauce can't that's be right. anything else so um <laughs>
3: you
1: know, you know speaking of being on the road um when you're just driving on a road you know if you have a long trip what would be on your music playlist typically
0: oh wow um man i had uh man, this was before you had your playlist um I, I was just popping in cds i i listened to a lot of Nickelback, um three doors down um they were big uh, big uh you know big groups that i would listen to um i know for a long time i was a creed fan um but honestly what um a lot of times when I think back to those, you know, not only was it music that got me through a lot of the, the driving, but, um, I would listen to a lot of comedy, um, that would just kind of keep me yeah. going and and the, it would just make the miles fly by. Uh, so I would have a lot of, uh, uh, comedy CDs, a lot of, um, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of him, but, um, there's a guy called Roy D. Mercer. He was a prank yep. caller. Yep. yeah. Um, man, I would pop those in. And I think I drove everybody who rode with me crazy. I, <laughs> I, I couldn't, I couldn't get enough of that, man. And I would just, Hey, let's listen to another one. And, and uh, so, um, yeah, but um, it, that's actually, that's really important, man. When you're hours, hours on the road, um, you know, you're, you are want to try anything just to make that time pass by. So, um, you know, that, that was a, that was a key thing, man. What would, whatever CDs I had, um, that's what was getting me to the next town.
1: Oh. And uh, as far as the events coming up, I know there's Ludlow this Saturday. Yep. Yep. And unfortunately, I, I try to make all the Ludlow shows because that place is just insane. With-
0: yeah, that's one of, I mean, with, with, when they get a chance to perform there, that's that's probably one of the, 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 the guys' favorites. Uh, just the crowd is intense. Um, it's, it's kind of an enclosed area. So, you know, the, you feel like the fans are right there on top of you. you know, they can reach out and grab you. Um, you know, the, everybody just really loves performing there, so that's one of our bigger um, events. So, yeah, we're really looking forward to that. Every time we come around, I'm looking forward to that this Saturday.
2: Is that the at the Ludlow Theater? That's right. That's the one that you and Roger were saying there wasn't a bad seat in the house. Yeah, there's that's really the not. Just... And
0: yeah. they even have uh, they even have some balcony seats uh, that you can get really good views of the ring.
1: Awesome. Yeah, and there's nowhere for the sound to go. So the energy just stays just right, right there. there. I mean, that's it, right. It, it's yeah. Amazing. Um, and unfortunately, I'm going to have, I'm going to end up missing this one. And I feel like I'm cheating on the NWF, but I'm actually going to the show in Chillicothe, um, the one that's being put on, I think, by Bobby Fulton. And there's actually, there's, it's a pretty big, pretty big event. Actually, Big Mama, she's going to be there wrestling as well. That's, yeah, that's this weekend as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. Same day. So, okay. uh, like I said, I feel like I'm cheating on the NWF, so I'll say I'm sorry. You are. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, I've, I've heard they got uh, they got some really good good names there, so uh, hopefully that's uh, that's a big success as well.
1: Yep. So, uh, as far as social media, because I know you're on Facebook and Twitter, uh, anything else? Um, Facebook and uh, well, Instagram. I
0: got my Instagram. Okay. which uh, usually my wife helps me out with because I haven't gotten that far. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I do, uh, Twitter, Facebook, um, and, uh, and then she's got me going on the Instagram now. So that's, uh, that's it. All right, cool.
1: So, uh, Dwayne, you have anything else?
2: No, nothing else. It's been an absolute ple- pre- Uh, sorry. Absolute pleasure talking to you. Uh, it's been wonderful.
0: Yeah. It's great chatting with you guys.
1: I'll have to, we'll have to make
0: sure we, uh, grab each other at the, at the events now
1: oh definitely uh because after Ludlow the next weekend is well what are you doing the next weekend on the 26th okay back to yeah, Covington cause, yeah because that's the one Miranda Gordy is going to be at right
0: well she was I think we have some uh, change uh, of plans. uh I don't know I don't know details but yeah I don't I don't think uh I don't think she's going to be there now
1: I was going to reach out to her and try to get on the podcast beforehand but I don't know now <laughs> <laughs> so i mean i still wouldn't mind having her on but you know but if i was going to help definitely if i was going to help promote the show you know absolutely have her on yeah uh, yeah yeah you know, so. uh, yeah
0: i don't think i don't think she's going to be there now so but maybe uh maybe
1: a future event okay so you have any any last words for all the people out there before we say goodbye
0: no just uh i always uh, send out a big thank you um, i mean i um i look back at my career and i'm, I'm very happy with what i've done i've had some some great highlights and uh, so much of it has been uh, because of the fans, you know, and the support over the years. And even, even though I don't take a whole lot of bumps anymore, um, I'm still very much involved. This is what I know. Um, wrestling is what I love and, uh, and big thank, thank you to, to guys like you, man. I mean, you know, just the fact that you take the time to to do this and bring in uh, future superstars, you know, such as the NWF has, and uh, give them time to be able to talk about, um, you know, where they want to go and, um, you know, their vision. So um, thank you to you guys, and thank you to all the fans.
1: Now, well, like Dwayne said, thank you, Chris, for coming on. It was definitely a pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. we'll do it again sometime, man. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yep, yeah, until we see each other again, God bless. Sounds God great. Bless Thanks, guys